Hello everyone and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about strange things that happen in history. I'm Amelia Edwards and with me as ever is my co-host Barnaby King. Hello there. Hello. And happy Thanksgiving-ish. <laughs> I mean, that was uh, a few days ago, but yes. Yes. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. A holiday that we do not typically celebrate in this country, but you decided to because you don't like the fact that it's getting dark. No, I hate darkness <laughs> and I like food. So this worked out nicely for us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got to say, I'm a really big fan of the way that Americans do Thanksgiving because I like the fact that they do mashed potatoes instead of roasted. This is my new favourite thing. But roast potatoes are great. Roasted potatoes are good, but there's no room in the oven for them. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. We've got a decent sized oven. We would not have been able to fit in roasted potatoes. To be fair, we did do a turkey and they are huge. They're so... huge. They're so big. Yeah. Okay. So in that context, I guess, yeah, it makes sense. Mm. But what's your opinion on like that weird sweet potato pie thing with marshmallows or something on top? I have not tried it. Okay. Because I always... Jenna Lawson says it's good. I know. But she'll say anything's good. Like, I don't know. (laughs) That's unfair of me on Nigella Lawson. I just think she's got a sweet tooth. Yeah, she really does. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of those things that I I kind of don't want to try because I'm sure it is actually good or at least all right. Yeah. But parts of me just kind of, I don't know, I recoil at the thought. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) But let's go back to regular potatoes. Okay. Because today is going to be all about that potato history. You know I'm all about that potato history. About that potato history. No sweet potato history. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Like, yes, sure. Really, um, that's a really current song to reference as well. I know. Well, Well, getting old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All my references are old. I have to explain them to the young folk and be like, back in my day, there was a woman called Megan Trainer. She did a song about how she loved deep-voiced men. That was not what it was about. (laughs) (laughs) It was. was, She was starting a choir and she wanted men with deep voices and no uh, soprano boys. Because no. she's all about that bass. No. No treble. No, that's not what it was about. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Bringing us back to the original storyline okay. anyway. Yes. Okay. So, how much do you know about the history of the potato? Um, I mean, I know there's the story of Sir Walter Raleigh bringing back potatoes. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is true. If I remember rightly on QI... Many, many years ago, they said that he thought you could smoke them like tobacco. <laughs> oh, but wow. I might be making that up. Um, other than that, I don't really know much about it. I know that, you know, as far as Europe is concerned, it's a relatively recent vegetable. It is. Um, and, of course, there was the Irish potato famine, which had very little to do with potatoes. Yeah, it really did. But, um, so, talking about talking about potatoes... Um, so in France in the 1700s, mm-hmm. potatoes didn't catch on. Okay. Like, this is the deal. They did not catch on. Um, so the potato came to Europe mm-hmm. and a lot of people went, ooh. Okay. Why would we eat that? What, just at its appearance? They didn't like the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't like the fact it grew in the soil underground. They didn't what like... What did they think about carrots? 
Um, <laughs> or parsnips or turnips or any other root vegetable. Okay, so they were okay with a lot of other vegetables, but mm-hmm. you see the potato is not mentioned in the Bible. Right, okay, so it's a devil vegetable. So God doesn't want us to eat it. I'm right. not kidding, that is genuinely what some French clergy said. Wow, okay. <laughs> I love it when I say things that sound like they're a joke and they're just not. I mean, yeah, that's ridiculous, but I can kind of see it. Yeah, this is what you said, 17th century France? Uh, 18th, century 18th century France. In the 1700s. 1700s yeah. yeah. Okay, so... I mean, France is going to be going through a turbulent time that century anyway. It is. It hasn't got there yet. Okay. We've still got um, the king and queen. Right. And apparently at this point, France isn't going through a famine. So that's exciting. Oh, wow. I know, right? Well done, France. <laughs> yeah. So everyone's busy eating all of their bread. Yeah. Like constant bread all the time, just mm-hmm. like everyone used to eat. Yeah. And people come along and go, what about these potatoes then, eh? Like... They're pretty cool. They've got three times the amount of calories um, as bread flour does if you, in that, terms of acreage. Not that they knew about calories at this point. No, they didn't. But they were aware <laughs> that potatoes are quite healthy in mm-hmm. terms of like things that you could eat. If you give them to unwell people, then mm. people do quite well. I mean, yeah, it's a very yeah. dense food, so... Yeah. yeah, when you've got population that's generally going to be malnourished, then getting a good hot meal of potatoes probably a good idea. Yeah, but you know what? I I can't I can't handle this modern stuff. No, give me my old fashioned bread. Yes. that was good enough for me and good enough for my father. You can keep your fancy high tech potatoes. <laughs> I don't even know how to use one. Well, okay. So here's the problem with potatoes. Right. Right. Okay. There's two problems. Firstly, we're still very Christian people in the 1700s mm-hmm. and we still kind of have that doctrine of signatures feeling going on right okay so the idea that it kind of in its appearance shows something about itself yes um, and the potato is pretty shapeless really okay but <laughs> imagine that you've pulled up a bunch of potatoes okay it looks a bit like a gnarled hand with leprosy <laughs> Okay. I mean, I've grown potatoes. Yeah. And my first thought when pulling them out was not, my God, that looks like a leprous hand. Well, I don't know what you were looking at then. It looks <laughs> it looks like a hand with leprosy. Okay. okay I, think the re- I think the reason for this is because a lot of different types of potatoes are being brought back. I mean, yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. We can imagine that there is a leprous hand potato. There's a leprous hand potato. And people are like... Obviously then, and this is something that the French peasantry believed, Yeah, and many other French people who weren't peasants, Right. if you eat potatoes, you will get leprosy. Right, yeah. Okay. Okay, if we're going with the doctrine of signatures, I can see the logic, but I mean, couldn't you just as easily think that it's good for leprosy? That because it looks like a leprous hand, it means that if you are a leper, you should eat potatoes and it will be helpful. Well, true, but there's Mm. other problems with potatoes as well. Right, okay. So if um, if you are knowledgeable about your herbs, you'll look at the newly imported potatoes Mm. and go, these flowers and these leaves look really similar to something we know. Okay. Belladonna. Ah, oh God, yes, yeah. right. 
Belladonna, a.k.a. Wolfsbane. Is it? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I always knew it as Deadly Nightshade. I'm pretty sure it's all three at once. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, Wolfsbane is good, though, isn't it? That gets rid of werewolves or something. Yes, exactly. Cool. But they were thinking more, it's poisonous. Yes, it's poisonous no, and it gives you leprosy. Yeah, that makes sense. Potatoes are god-awful. In fact, the French believed that they were so awful that they officially banned them Whoa, okay. in 1748. Damn, okay. Mm. I mean, fair enough. I guess. I guess at this point they're not so ubiquitous, so um, you probably could ban them easily without creating some sort of potato speakeasy situation. <laughs> yeah, like people don't want them. They were banned... Um, and people did grow them, but just to feed to, like, pigs. Right, okay. So no one's eating them. <laughs> no one wants them. It's Mr. like... Mr. Uh, Walkers, we hear that you're running some kind of illegal operation. <laughs> oh, me? No, not at all. This is just a a humble laundromat right here. Not growing potatoes, not at all. <laughs> Mad. Quick, cut up the potatoes, fry them, <laughs> make them look weird. <laughs> and thus the crisp was invented. Because they were trying to make it look less like hands with leprosy. Exactly. Yes, of course. Okay. But then- <laughs> Why, these look like coins, Mr. Walker. I'll take several packets. <laughs> they will make me wealthy. Exactly. Okay, so we've got this idea. The potato is an evil, evil, horrible thing. We all hate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boo potatoes. But clearly, potatoes need a champion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The king of the potatoes. Yeah, literally, that's what he's called. Oh, really? <laughs> he is called... Uh, no, he's called the father of the potato, oh, I think. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I mean, that gives it a nice sort of biblical element to it, which I guess works if, you know, you've got the Christians against potatoes. You want someone a bit, you know, a, a bit uh, like some sort of prophet or messiah. Yeah. The father of the potatoes. Uh, this man is incredible. He did he did do other things, but mm-hmm. he was really interested in, in like food and nutrition, basically. Right. Okay. So this is Antoine Augustine Parmentier. Ooh, good name. It's a good name, especially because people then later on went and named a bunch of potato-based dishes, uh, like potatoes parmentier. Right, okay. So if you ever encounter those, they are named after the father of potatoes. <laughs> he birthed several thousand. Uh, Grace. <laughs> from his special potato sack. Hey. <laughs> they budded from him. Unless, no, 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 no. <laughs> A better version, a nicer version. Okay. He's like the Easter bunny on potato day. On potato day, Parmentier hops around (laughs) and hides potatoes. Yay. Yay. Which, I mean, it's a good way. It's a sort of Johnny Appleseed approach to it. Because you you hide potatoes around, they're going to (laughs) spread. So Parmentier had grown up being taught that potatoes are hog feed and Mm -hmm. they're poisonous and they'll give you leprosy right um but then he became an army pharmacist yeah um and he joined the seven years war hooray Ah, against the english and the prussians Mm. and he was captured by the prussians oh no and taken to prison And thus was his love affair with the potato born. Because they, they said, we're going to execute you, Parmentier. <laughs> Death by potatoes. No, the Prussians didn't have the same worries about potatoes. The ah. Germans were already eating potatoes. Excellent. So being a cheap food source, they fed a lot of potatoes to their prisoners. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, 
Germans don't always help themselves when it comes to the stereotype of being efficient. Yeah. Like, that. But as far as potato (laughs) went, they were on it. Yeah, absolutely. So, (laughs) actually, at this point, um, the reason why the. Germans were good with potatoes was because of Frederick II of Prussia. Oh, okay. Uh, He had actually required peasants to cultivate potato plants under severe penalties if they didn't. And he'd given them cuttings. But he was like, we're going to do this, largely because there was a war. Ah, And potatoes are really efficient. And he was like, we know they're fine. Suck it up. (laughs) (laughs) An army marches on its stomach and Frederick's army marched on potatoes. Yes. Exactly. So the Prussians start feeding Parmentier all these potatoes, and he's like... <laughs> he's like, no, you beast! Take it away! How could you? And this is cruel and unusual punishment. The original Geneva Convention prohibits the use of potatoes for prisoners. <laughs> Imagine if potatoes were like the Guantanamo Bay um, like food equivalents. Please, waterboard me! Anything but the potato! And they're like, we've mashed it, we've put butter in it oh no so decadent and sinful (laughs) and i can feel my hands (laughs) clawing up um so yeah he noticed being a pharmacist that he wasn't getting leprosy and that he was in fact fine yeah as were all his fellow prisoners yeah makes sense (laughs) so because it's a potato (laughs) yeah 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 so he returned to paris in six in 1763 and continued to work on nutritional chemistry oh cool and in 1772 Mm -hmm. um this was the point by the way when potatoes stopped being illegal oh okay in 1772 he proposed in a contest to use the potato as a source of nourishment for patients with dysentery oh okay right and this won the prize in 1773. So they were clearly getting onto the idea that potatoes might be quite healthy. Yeah. Like, I can see the point. If your options are bread or potatoes, potatoes. Yeah, Like, pretty much. they've got vitamin C in them. Yeah. They're all right. <laughs> I so, love that they don't count as part of your five a day nowadays. Yeah. And it's like, because they're such unhealthy things. It's like, but they're... Uh, they're pretty good. It's just that what we do with them, like the hideous abominations that occur as a result of deep frying various things in various trans fats. Mm. Like, I mean, obviously it's not as bad now, but you know. Yeah, no, I get you. I think that's more the thing so that people don't go, I've had a packet of crisps. That's one of my five a day. <laughs> but it's always annoying when you're like, but I had a side of like baby new potatoes. Mm. That doesn't count. No. Eh, what can you do? <laughs> anyway, more potatoes, clearly. Of course. <laughs> Just 100% potatoes, 100% of the time. Exactly. Probably be fine. Um, I don't think you would. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's largely because of him that the Paris Faculty of Medicine declared that potatoes were edible in 1772. Nice. Which seems pretty late to declare that potatoes are edible. Yeah, I mean, they've already been feeding them to pigs. Like, like... <laughs> they've been feeding them to pigs. The English have been eating them. The Irish have been eating them. Um, <laughs> the Again, Germans. if we're thinking about stereotypes, the French are not doing themselves any favours here <laughs> with the whole, you know, snobby stereotype. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, is it snobbery or is it fear of leprosy? Well, okay, yeah, but it seems from the outside that it's just sort of like everyone else is eating potatoes. It's like, well, it may be good enough for them, but not for us. Mm. Not for us pious French. <laughs> True. Okay, <laughs> so... Pious, leprosy-free French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess? I don't know. Like, would you be free of leprosy if you avoided potatoes? Presumably not. There was leprosy before potatoes. Oh, man. I wonder how many times we'll say potato. I don't know. It's one of those things that it is starting to lose meaning. It is. Um, So, Parmentier was still, like, still found resistance against his growing and feeding people of potatoes. Okay. So he used to work as a pharmacist at the Invalide Hospital in Paris. Mm -hmm. And the religious community that owned the land banned him from using his test garden to grow potatoes. Oh, damn. They were like, don't do it. They are evil. They're Mm. not in the Bible. (laughs) They grow in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Satan. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of the various foods that they'd be angry at that we eat now. I'm thinking of stuff like tofu and seitan. I can't. Seitan? <laughs> exactly. Seitan, definitely. Exactly. I, I mean... can't imagine them sort of scouring through the Bible and finding a mention of Jesus cooking up a nice bit of tempeh bacon or something. <laughs> <laughs> Are soybeans mentioned in the Bible? I don't think so. Probably not. I mean. Are oranges? Is- Oh, good question. I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff that's not mentioned almost in the Bible. Def- almost certainly. And, you know, stuff that is very obviously good for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's wild. I did once find a book called What Would Jesus Eat? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was advising you on how to eat healthily by following a Jesus-based food lifestyle. A Jesus-based diet. You just eat communion wafers. Like, it's just a <laughs> lot of wine. Yeah. Wine and small crackers. Mm. But I liked it because the premise was that Jesus came to earth and showed us how to live healthily. And it's like, no, it, no. And they were like, Jesus never ate processed food. And it's like, yes, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong, but not for the right reasons. Yes. <laughs> so ultimately, because of all these backlashes, mm. um, Antoine Augustine goes, okay, sod it. I'm going to do some publicity stunts. Okay. And he does these wonderful publicity stunts for the potato. So back in the day when the um, king and queen were still around, mm-hmm. he did things like host dinners at which potato dishes featured prominently. Uh, guests. He, he was very careful to make sure that there were a few potatoes just subtly carved into the shape of the cross. Of, of course, yes. <laughs> um, like guests included Benjamin Franklin... And Antoine Lavoisier. But also, I'm like, Benjamin Franklin grew up in Philadelphia. Presumably, he would have eaten potatoes. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe? Or did, like, early pioneer people still eat bread because they were like, I don't know what these natives are eating, but it looks like leprosy to me. I don't know. The thing is, Benjamin Franklin was such a weird person that I don't think he's representative of the... Pretty much anyone, really. No, that's very true. I mean, he was just jamming about Paris at this point, hanging around with a lot of prostitutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. Inventing the glass harmonica, that yep. kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> Flying his kite or whatever it was he did. <laughs> Inventing the glass harmonica so that it could go to the celestial sex bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God, to our I previous forgot. episode, if you don't <laughs> get that right. the celestial sex bed. Oh, my God. Okay. 
So he also gave bouquets of potato blossoms to the king and queen and encouraged them to wear potato blossoms in their hair, which they did. Secretly, it was nightshade and it was poisoning them. He was a massive Republican. (laughs) And then the very best one was when the king acknowledged that he was doing a lot of potato-based work, Mm -hmm. um, you know, good, healthy potato-based work. Yeah. um, The king gave him some land outside of Paris where he could grow potatoes. Oh, cool. And he goes... I know what will make people want potatoes. Because telling them that they want potatoes is not working. Right. Encouraging them is not working. Mm. Telling them it's healthy doesn't work. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it about that I'm growing a really expensive crop. Ah, okay. I'm going to hire a bunch of armed guards (laughs) to surround my potato fields. (laughs) Okay, right. And he told the guards that they were to accept any bribes that were given them. Right, okay. And thus he encouraged people to steal his potatoes. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Isn't that a a brilliant idea? Isn't that so good? Like, well, you can't have it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this isn't for you. And people obviously go... But, so, but, so but I want it. I want it now. Like, and you're like, oh, and I've I've bribed the guards, and now I've got these potatoes. <laughs> but isn't that genius? I love it so much. That's amazing. I wonder how well he paid those guards because I, I mean, mean, but they're allowed to accept any bribes as well. I know that's the thing. I wonder if they're paid pretty like in the same way that you get those like waiting staff who get paid badly in america because they make most of their money on tips or anything like that Mm. um i wonder if it was that sort of situation where the guards just had a really low wage and he was like but you can keep all the bribes you want i mean maybe i don't know if he had a lot of money Mm. he was a count but like he knows what that means that's pretty low on the nobility generally although granted back in those days he wouldn't have had to pay taxes yeah yeah fair enough I don't know, but perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> Although his taxes were paid in potato blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, unfortunately, all of his like hard work to encourage the use of potatoes didn't really go all the way that he wanted it to. Oh, no. Like, this is just a little story because I really love that story of like keeping people from your potato patch yeah, in order to say, encourage them. It didn't work even with rife potato larceny. No, alas, it did not. Because the thing is that the thing that always encourages potatoes or taking up a new crop mm-hmm. is bad harvests and war. Right. And luckily for the potato, but not luckily for France, <laughs> both of these things were yeah. soon to come round. I mean, we we kind of, he came back in, what was it, 1772? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the revolution's around the corner, really. Yeah. So <laughs> in 1789, the year of the revolution, yeah. uh, he published Treatise on the Culture and Use of the Potato, Sweet Potato, and Jerusalem Artichoke. Yeah being interested in all manner of leprosy-shaped underground-growing things. Absolutely. (laughs) And this was printed by order of the king. (laughs) Well, that's not going to (laughs) encourage people. Which is awkward. Um, This was literally just before the French Revolution Yeah, the Republic is immediately going to go, well, potatoes are clearly monarchist vegetables. We must guillotine them immediately and then boil them in some water. 
Uh, yes, but the thing is that he was reasonably respected as okay. a pharmacist right. and as somebody who'd been trying to improve the lot of humanity. Because as well as doing this um, with potatoes, he'd also um, helped to improve the lot of humanity in terms of bread making, cheese making, grain storage, the use of cornmeal and chestnut flour, mushroom culture, mineral waters, wine making, improved sea biscuits and other things. Wow. So he was doing a bunch. Yeah. And a result of this was that Napoleon Bonaparte took notice of him. Okay. And in... (laughs) He was like, you may have been a filthy monarchist before, but damn, I love your chips. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Like in 1800, Napoleon Bonaparte appointed him the first army pharmacist. Oh, damn. So he got a pretty good deal out of the revolution he cruised through it i feel like they're being a bit loose with the term pharmacist there like he's more like a chef or a dietitian like i feel like you turn up to him and it's like i've got this terrible pain in my leg Mm, well not much i can do about that but have you tried these crisps (laughs) i mean sure the thing is like he's he's clearly a count and nobility and all of that kind of thing but he seems to have cruised on straight through the revolution with nary a scratch on him. And I suspect it's because he was he did care a lot about people and mm. he wanted to make people feel better. And his way of doing this was with food, which... We can't guillotine him. He no. was the father of the potato. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all those orphaned potatoes there would be. Mm. So after the revolution, um, in 1794, a lady called Madame Marigot uh, published... La Cuisinière Républicaine, which means the Republican cook. Okay. And this was the first potato cookbook. It promoted potatoes as food for the common people and good Republicans. Mm. And as a result, the potato finally became popular in France. Oh, poor Parmentier. I mean, he has a lot of love still. Yeah. So um, when he died, he he had an amazing tomb built for him. Shaped like a potato. (laughs) (laughs) It's surrounded by potato plants. Oh, that's nice. Which is super nice. And in his hometown, they had a festival about him. Yeah. um, And his potatoes. And they built a bronze statue of him, which has him holding... um, It has him holding the potato flower, which he's always pictured holding. Excellent. So the thing is, like, he he does seem to have been loved. There are many dishes named after him. People care about the fact that he was really into potatoes, and especially because there are now so many French potato dishes. Yeah. And they kind of consider him to be responsible. I mean, yeah, that is great. I love that they're doing a lot with, like, the flower. Yeah. Because the vegetable itself is not particularly attractive. You're not getting a great statue with him holding up just a potato <laughs> i mean to be to be fair um his his statue at Montdidier has a full marble relief on it where seed potatoes are distributed to a grateful peasant ah that's delightful i know isn't it cute it's kind of um it's kind of patronizing i mean yeah absolutely and also like seed potato looks even worse than a regular potato. Yeah, they look terrible. (laughs) Are they sprouting? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you've either got basically this shriveled, wrinkly old rock Mm -hmm. by appearance, or else it's sprouting and you're giving some sort of eldritch horror to the peasants. (laughs) Great. (laughs) 
Parmentier delivers Cthulhu to a grateful peasant. <laughs> Thank you for listening to That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4, and if you have any suggestions for episodes, you can email them to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, as well as any other music that Barnaby's put on the podcast. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and guillotine monarchist potatoes. Bye!